Welcome to Equiosity, the podcast about all things equine with a special emphasis on the horse-human bond. My name is Alexandra Kurland. I'm the author of The Click That Teaches, a step-by-step guide in pictures, and many other books and DVDs on clicker training. And I'm joined by Dominique Day, one of the co-founders of Cavalia. And very soon, Dominique, I'm going to have to update that intro a little bit. That's right. <laughs> the other books and DVDs are going to be joined by a brand new book. So yay! The title is Modern Horse Training, A Constructional Guide to Becoming Your Horse's Best Friend. And it's what we're going to talk about today because you are one of the few people who's already read parts of it. So most of it. Most of it. So depending I'm almost upon, done. Yes. How many pages are there? Over 300. Yep. You, you haven't actually seen the book yet. Depending upon when people are listening to this, we are recording this before the publication date of the book. The book is going to be published on April 26th, which is the anniversary of Peregrine's birthday. And that just pleases me immensely that that timing has come out. But I suspect that many people will be listening to the podcast after the publication date, in which case you can already order it. You can get it through my website, theclickercenter.com. You can get it through Amazon. You can get it through other booksellers. And maybe some people don't know who Peregrine is. He is my senior horse who got the ball rolling. So he's the one who introduced me to clicker training, which is why it is particularly, particularly relevant. Yes, really right that he should have that honor. But they can't see it. But you can see it on Zoom. Yeah, because I got the ebook version. You got the ebook version. So it's and it's quite thick. It is quite thick. Yeah. So it's a it's a it's It's very comprehensive. It's a big book. So that's the paperback and then we have the hardcover as well. So yes. So (laughs) so tell me tell me about the book. Yeah, and I'm going to have some questions for you, too. Okay. Well, I love the book. As you know, I've told you on a few occasions, I think this book will become the Bible. I think it will be the ultimate guide for anyone who wants to train their horse in a kind way. And, you know, the title, Modern Horse Training, I think I should maybe even just say anyone who wants to train their horse in a modern way. Yes. Yeah. It's this book, why I think it will become the Bible, because it covers, um, I can't say everything because that would probably be, it would no be a book. book. No, yeah. No, well, no, but no book can cover everything. No. But it covers a lot of ground, a yes. lot of ground from the very, because Sometimes you'll have, you know, the introduction book, and then you'll have the performance book. But this book has the whole, again, I have to be careful, because it's not, you know, you can't do all everything, you know, you don't, you don't go into extensive obstacle training and all that. But you do go from the introduction, the foundation lessons, how you expand your training, all the way to performance writing. And I love that because I'm the kind of reader who loves to jump around. Yes. And I want to know, and one of the reasons why I love to jump around is because I need to know 
where I'm going. I need to see what it's going to look like at the end. And so I love to go to the later chapters and then come back to the, the, the earlier chapters. That's what I loved it because, you know, if you want to go into detail, 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 you go in the online clinic. And, yes. you know, it will take you a few hundred hours before you get to the writing <laughs> module. But in a way, this for me, this book, it, it it took away that frustration that I didn't have access to the, you know, more sophisticated stuff. It's all in there. Yes. I adored the lateral work chapter. I really enjoyed it. I thought you made a great job of simplifying it, illustrating it. So if someone is confused between shoulder in and counter shoulder in, and it's all in there, there are great illustrations. There's a whole chapter on lunging. Yes. So I really like that it covered a lot of ground. This means that, of course, people will go back again and again, but they can they can have this book for many years to come because wherever they are, unless they're already at the end, which they will still find that the book is interesting because there's a lot there. But, you know, wherever someone is in their journey, they're going to be going back to this book and evolving with this book for a long, long time because yes. it's it's quite dense. And yet it's very light read. You love to, to write. Yes. And yes. it shows. You're a very good writer. Thank so you. it's very well written. And there are all these touches of humor all over the book. You have all these little images and little touches of humor here and there. So so it's it's a very pleasant read. You know, you won't be frowning your forehead reading this, trying to understand. And also, you're writing this after decades of yes. teaching people after many, many, many years of not only learning about horses, but learning about clicker training and learning about the science behind yeah. it. And all this is in the book now. And you master all this information so that you can really simplify it for people. And it's not that it's simple. If someone like you know, I consider myself, I've been now clicker training for 15 years. And so I never felt like it was too simple. Right. I'm not talking down to you. No, you're not. But I felt it was clear and simple the way someone who knows their material can make it. It's a mix of all the principles, but also of how to execute in detail the exercises and how to progress in the exercises. So it's it's a practical handbook also. So yeah, I really, really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I don't want to I don't want to stop you. It's just so <laughs> like, oh, this is reinforcing. And it, and it really is. And it, it was interesting because you were also checking for typos for mm. me. So you were sending back the chapters periodically, and I was very relieved to see that the typos were few and far between. But it was it was fun for me to see how you were jumping around in the book, that you weren't starting at the very first chapter and reading systematically through, which is 
of course, one way that people can approach the book, they can start at the beginning and proceed forward. But it was written with very much in mind that not everybody wants to start at the beginning, that mm. people will be jumping around. And there are, I want to say, signposts within the chapters because this is a constructional approach. So you need to have the underlying component parts, the, the repertoire in place for a particular lesson to work. And so there are, within a chapter, it, I will often be saying, you need to have already taught your horse the foundation lessons, for example, and here's where you'll find those. So you can jump around and you'll still be directed to the chapters that are relevant for you to be successful. So I, I think one of my questions is, did you find that you were comfortable jumping? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I felt so that, that not, a problem. not a problem. Like you just said, you indicated any component needed at this point of that I was reading in order to be successful. So I felt like I wasn't jumping around behind your back. You were my <laughs> accomplice in it. And, you know, I guess one of the reasons, too, why maybe I, I went in the middle and in the end so quickly was that I've heard, and I suppose a lot of our podcast listeners may have heard a lot, your introduction to clicker training, but not as much all your performance writing material and lateral work material. So I was really looking forward to that part. And in the online clinics right now, I'm not there in the modules. You know, I can't right. wait to get there, but I'm not there. So here I had the chance to, to read what you had to say. And, you know, some of the material in the writing, performance writing was too advanced for me. And I loved it. And I read it very religiously because I thought this is how you open the, the doors, you know, you yes. start, it's it's not yet accessible to you, but you start, you read it, you think about it. And like I said, for me, having the picture, the end picture really helps me and motivates me yes. in my journey. And because you always make sure that we know the component skills needed for this lesson. You know, I never felt that I was jumping the gun. Right, right. I think in many ways, this book is the study guide for the clinics. Because it, in a way, it, it follows the clinics fairly closely in that I had just finished producing and getting all eight clinics up on the website and getting them up and running. And I literally pressed publish and launched the clinics and the next day started writing the book. So it, it is very much a, I think a, a study guide for the clinics. And I think the people who are taking the clinics, I think are going to really enjoy having the book as a, a, a map as it were, for what they're covering. And then when you go back and read the first part of the book, which is the whole introduction to, mm. I think you may find there are some surprises in there for, okay. for you, which is kind of fun. <laughs> so I won't say any more about that. You'll have to say, say read it and see, hmm, I wonder what she meant by surprises for me. 
So you so now you'll have the ebook. Yes. The paper version and the hardcover version. Yes. And how will those all be available? So people can order them online. So they can get them through my website, theclickercenter.com. They can also order them through Amazon and other online booksellers. Okay. So assuming that everything is in place and working the way it should be, they should be able to just order the books through their usual, whatever channels that you normally get books from. And because it's going out through Amazon, and also because it's available as an ebook, the international shipping rates will not be there. Because right now, when I ship a book overseas, the shipping rates are more than the book. It's just mm. frustrating. So, or at least they're just about as much as the book. So hopefully that will we'll take that hurdle out of the way so that people can get access to the book without the shipping rates being a deterrent. Mm-hmm. And, and in terms of, well, should you get, should you get the paperback? Should you get the hardcover? You know, that's personal preference. Yeah, that's should you true. get, should you get the print copy or the ebook? I would say, and not just because it, it helps my horses in the, the, the hay to which they have become accustomed, as it were, I, I would say you should have both because they function very differently. I think having a print copy for an instructional book is really useful. Mm. You can thumb through a book in a way that you can't thumb through an ebook. No, I know. Yes, there are are links with an ebook and you can jump around, but there's something really pleasurable about being able to open a book at random, thumb through the chapters, go back and forth through it, books just I know it's this you know for me like a fictional book I will gladly buy ebook yes I don't care and I read it once and I I what do you do with it after it's again another something else in your you know I'm sure I'm sure some people will say oh my god what is she saying but you know I prefer now to do fiction in ebook. But yes. a book like this, a guide, a practical guide, and a something that I will be going back and to again and again and again, I much, much prefer a print copy. Yes. And you can underline. And yeah. You can underline in different colors. And I know you can highlight. Yeah, you can highlight in in an ebook, e-book, but, but it's it's you it's can bookmark also. Right. However, I think this is a it, this book works as an ebook. Well, I read it I as would, an ebook. Yes. But I want the print copy for yes. sure. Yeah. But it, I think it works as an ebook on several levels. First of all, you can take it to the barn with you. So if there is an exercise that, where you're going to want to refer back to what was I saying about this, you can take it to the barn. And you might not want to take your print book to the barn. So you can take your ebook yeah. to the barn. Mm-hmm. And because of all the internal links that sit in the ebook, you can jump around in it easily. So when I say we're going to do, let's say we're going, to, we're using targeting, and the targeting is based on the basic targeting lesson that was in I don't know what chapter it was, but let's say chapter ten. There's a link right there, and you can bounce back to chapter ten, 
you read that section and then you go back to where you were in your ebook. So having having the ebook, I think there is going to be value in the ebook. Having a print copy, there's value in that. If you were picking one versus the other, I think that's you know whatever whichever format you prefer using these days. Yeah. I for me, a, it would be print for this yeah, book. I I read a lot of ebooks. I buy a lot of books as ebooks because I can increase the font size mm. and make it readable for me. You will not need to do that in the print copy oh, good. of this book. This book is designed for my eyes, okay. <laughs> which are a little odd. And so you know, I have designed a page that I think people are going to find is very inviting, very easy to read. And so you don't need to think of it that we're talking about there's a lot packed into this book and you're thinking oh dense textbook you know with the text Mm -hmm. just dense on the page that Mm -hmm. is not how this is designed no and it's not written like that either no it's a light read it's thorough it's clear it's intelligent but it's light it's very readable yep so let's let's talk a little bit about what people are actually going to be reading so one of the things i wanted to do, I thought would be an interesting way to talk about this. Well, and, and sort of by introduction to this, when you produce a book, you're supposed to produce an elevator speech. And, and you actually <laughs> gave me really nice, I was, as you were first talking about the book, I was thinking, oh, great line. I must, I must use that as the way of, of introducing the book because I'm, I'm terrible at elevator speeches. I want to I want to rewrite the whole book, you know, and say this is what's in it rather than giving the brief synopsis. I'm not good at that. But instead of writing the elevator speech, I've been writing a series of blog posts. Yeah, I noticed you started yeah. the blog again. So yes. there's a new section called Modern Horse Training. Training. Yes. Yeah, I saw that. So and the, and those can be found at theclickercenterblog.com and they are not excerpts from the book. So mm-hmm. if people think they're reading the book, they're not. What I'm doing is I'm posting about the book and about why I've written it and some of the background of my training. And one of the things that I thought was interesting was thinking about the title itself, because Mm -hmm. there are all kinds of things I could have called it. And all the other books, there's clicker training for your horse and then the click that teaches a step-by-step guiding pictures and the click that teaches riding with the clicker, you know, it was all about clicker training. Mm. And this one, I'm not saying clicker training on the cover. Mm. And I'm talking about modern horse training. And I don't want people to feel as though I'm, I don't know, pushing against some other form of training. But what I'm, I'm really doing is thinking back over how far we've come culturally in terms of where we used to be versus where we currently are. And I often think about this phrase, you know, a hundred years ago, we would be, you know, doing a hundred years ago, women didn't have the right to vote. And it's actually, it's now, that's no longer true, I think. Well, almost, wasn't it 1918? Yeah, so we're past. So it's we're yeah, we're, we're five close. years past. Yeah. yeah, but one of the things that 
I really began to realize was when we say a hundred years ago in that casual offhand way, that the marker for that, what we are envisioning is not a hundred years ago today. So that would be, we're in 2023 as we record this, that would be the roaring twenties. I'm not thinking of the roaring twenties when I say a hundred years ago. I'm thinking more about, you know, in terms of when I first really started to become aware of the larger world and started thinking on longer timelines, a hundred years ago would have been horse and buggy era. Mm -hmm. And working horses, working horses, you know, the automobile would have just been uh, the rare automobile with all the horses. Yeah. Yeah. And, And certainly you had steam trains and that sort of thing, but horses were still pulling plows they were Mm. still the main transportation yeah they hauled the cannons up to the front lines in world war one you know so when you start thinking about where and for many of the people listening to this if you think back to what does a hundred years ago to you mean so even somebody who is say they were a, a, a teenager a hundred years ago, if you were if you're 15, 16, 17 years old, a hundred years ago still puts you in the era of World War One and still puts you very much in the horse and buggy era. And it puts you in a time when the world was a very different place. And how how horses were trained, how horses were handled. It's a very different world. When I think about 100 years ago, I'm thinking about the time that Anna Sewell wrote Black Beauty. You know, that's the era that we're writing about. And certainly in terms of Black Beauty, the way he was originally trained sounded very lovely and kind. He had a kind master. But then all those other experiences showed you what a really existence most people and most horses had. Mm-hmm. And when you think about the the way that horses used to be, it was common to start horses and the, the snubbing posts where you tie a horse up tight and put a saddle on and just let them buck themselves out. Or, and I always thought that that had died out a hundred years ago. And then you start reading about people who had seen it being done. And I thought, oh my goodness, that still exists. So when you think about, you know, if, I, if you were saying, you know, 100 years ago, what's the world that you are in, in that you are, are thinking about when you use that phrase? Well, for sure. It's not a world where the horses are very happy and eager to learn. <laughs> That's not what we, I think, yeah, the working horse, they're a tool. Yeah. Not a, not a companion. Right. I mean, we there certainly would have been farmers who loved their their horses, who who loved the team. Who, you know, they spent the whole day walking mm. behind these horses. Yeah. So there would have been farmers who cared for their horses well, who loved their horses. But they were, as you say, they were a tool. Yeah. And they had to work. They had to work, and I don't know that they lived as long no. as they do now. No, I read a, it was just a fascinating monograph, and I may have 
described this in some other podcasts, but it was written in, I want to say, 1840s. And it was about the horses that pulled the equivalent of what we would call a bus. So these were big vehicles that the, mm. these teams were pulling. And they would stop and people would get on, people would get off. They would go on a short distance and there would be, just like there are for modern day buses, there would be another stop and the horses would would have to stop this heavy load and people would get on, people would get off, and then they would have to start it up again. And apparently getting a heavy load to stop and to start again, that's where the greatest work is. Mm. Once, once it's going, it's a little bit easier. Most of the horses came from Ireland. Most of them, and it was really interesting, they didn't explain this, most of them were mayors. Oh. They were draft horses, the Irish drafts. And they went into work when they were four or five years old, and they were dead by the time they were seven. And they were dying in harness, just the way that Anna Sewell described described Ginger dying Mm -hmm. in Black Beauty. And it's just horrific. So when, when we talk about yeah, and we're not even talking about war horses. No, no, we're that's not. That's pretty, that's no. a nightmare. That's a nightmare. Mm. So, you know, when we when we talk about old horses, when I really first started into horses and became sort of aware of the larger picture of horses, a horse who was 15 was considered an old horse. Mm-hmm. And it was fairly uncommon. They were out there, but it was uncommon to have horses going into their 20s. And certainly it was very rare to have horses in their 30s. The stable owner where I started riding actually had a horse who was 40. Mm. He was in terrible shape, poor Chiefy. But he had free run of the barn because he never went anywhere. And he sort of (laughs) hobbled around very stiffly. Mm. Uh, from stall to stall and down the aisle and people would kind of go around him but he was a novelty he was not mm. the norm could he see and hear well yeah. or well, yeah. yeah his well eyes as, were good as well as he needed to mm. but I think these days when you say oh my horse is, is in his early 20s and I think oh he's still a young horse mm-hmm. and he is yeah, yeah, he is. You know, uh, this morning I, I went to play with the horses and Woody, he was so playful. He looked like a, I don't know, he looked like a baby. Yeah. <laughs> and he just had that perk, you know. Yes. He right. wanted to play. Yeah. Nicely, very nicely, but yes. he was very playful. Yes. So it marks a real change that, so modern horse training I, I'm sweeping up uh, not just clicker training into that phrase, but really a much larger attitude towards horses that they are no longer just a tool. They are no longer needed for transportation or to plow the fields. That we have horses because we want to, not because we have to. And the training has changed. Culturally, it's changed. We're not 
who we were a hundred years ago or a hundred and you know fifty years ago or whenever whenever you start your markers. I mean, I think my parents were born in the mid-20s. So their generational memory would have gone back to the 1820s. And you think about you think about all the changes just in this country alone that have occurred in that time frame. It's just astounding, mm. really. It's 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 absolutely astounding. The you know, I think one of the big differences, and, and you talk about this in the book, you ask the question, you know, who has control? Yes. And you say in the book, it should be a balance. You yes. both should have control. Yes. Because when you swing too far at the other end of the pendulum, one way or the other, problems can occur. Yes. So the the goal would be that you both have control. The horse has control and you have control. Yeah. And that's a modern way of looking at it, I think, at the Absolutely. relationship. Absolutely. That is that probably sums up the biggest shift because when the horse was a tool, mm. he had zero control. Mm-hmm. The, the only way he had control was by exploding. Yeah. And then he, he would pay have, for it. <laughs> he would pay for it. So he would pay for it through severe beating or he, he would pay for it by losing his life. Yeah. Or some degree of freedom anyway. Well, he would, you know, a horse that was dangerous was mm. not going to be kept. He was put down. He was no t- no time to for right. for a dangerous horse when it's a tool to work or even more so to go to war. Yeah. So that that idea of control, mm. I think, really does sum up the shift in the modern horse training that we have gained enough confidence in our ability to build a good relationship that we enough don't knowledge enough knowledge yes that we don't have to hold on tight to the reins as it were and mm-hmm. that we can we can give the horses choice and we can give horses control and keep things in balance so that it is a really good relationship i think to one of the for me, one of the hallmark of modern training is the lucidity. Is that a word in English? Yes. With which we look at why horses do what they do. Because in a lot of training method, I think things are not described as they really are. There's a story. There are yes. labels. But I think... That's one thing that the science has helped us with is really looking at what's in front of our eyes. Why is the horse doing what he's doing? And so we're more lucid. We're not saying it's because he wants to please me, he's brave or he's stupid or that's not how we talk about what our horses are doing and why they're doing. And so I think it has brought us to the the kind of strategies that are part of the modern horse training. Yes. That the way we look at things, you know, drive us towards different strategies. Because if your horse is stupid, well, 
you know, what do you do? Yeah. And if he's stubborn, you have to discipline him, I suppose. If he's lazy, lazy. you have to get after him. Mm-hmm. You know, those are those are horrible ways of viewing the world. And I've I've always said thought we create our own realities. And so if I in that core ethics and core belief system about horses, in the horse world that I was exposed to when I started poking my nose out there to see what was going on around horses, the common belief system was very much horses are stupid animals. And because they are stupid animals, you have to use force to train them. But don't worry, dear, they don't feel pain the way we do. Mm -hmm. And of course, my belief system was completely different from that. My belief system was very much that horses are intelligent beings. They have a rich emotional life and we should treat them with great kindness and fairness. And I also believe that you attract into your experience that which supports your belief system. So if you believe, for example, that women belong in the home and women aren't very intelligent and they're not good leaders, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, all these things that you hear about women, that's the kind of individual that you will see around you. I personally really enjoy being around intelligent individuals. And so my belief system attracts into my experience intelligent individuals, the horses that I'm around, I I find are incredibly intelligent. And the more I, I know of them, the more I see them, the more I observe their behavior, the more they confirm for me just how smart and clever and, and fun they are. You know, I just remember too, I forgot to mention this when I was going through all the different chapters. There's a whole chapter on trick training too. Yes. I forgot to mention that. Yes. And it's fun. There's, and again, it's very, very detailed. So, you know, you want to know how to train retrieving or whatever. And always there's also um, sneaky. So, the yeah, trick training sneaky is very sneaky. Why trick training, even if you're quote unquote a serious writer, yeah. maybe something you want to use why it may be a good thing to teach tricks and why it can help you sometimes. Oh, and there's also another section I forgot, all the common behavior problem. There's a section yes. on that too, you know, yes. what, how, how do you, how you solve that? You know, there, there's one thing that, and I guess that's part of why I like to jump to the end. I really loved how I saw some of the details that you keep fussing about, how you use them down the road, like really in the performance work, why you came up with that, why it's so important, because it keeps keeps coming back, you know, from one chapter to the other, to the other, all the way to the end. And so you see all the groundwork transferred to the writing. Yes. Oh, that's why she wanted me to slide down this way. Yep. So that was very interesting for me too, because you have it all in the same place, you know? So you really see like this continuity and what's going to happen with this detail at the very end. Yeah, I'm seeing if I can 
pull up really fast an email that I just got. Oh, well, I'll, I'll do a paraphrase of this email that I was sent not too long ago. This particular person has been working on the rope handling and she's starting her young horse and he's just having a wonderful time with it. And she was working in hand, asking for some lateral work. And she was just absolutely thrilled to bits at how much more she was getting from her mare. And she was feeling how the, the snap was functioning as a tactile target. And she said the first time she went through the rope handling clinic with me she, online, she didn't get that. She just didn't, it didn't make any sense to her. She didn't get it at all. But now she was feeling it and she was understanding it. And it was mm -hmm. really exciting. And I think that's part of that's part of the nature of this work. And it's also the challenge of it. And this relates very much to what Claire was talking about at the end of the podcast on extinction, where she said, you know, if, if I've done my work well and I've laid out very systematic, very thorough lesson plan that people have followed, they're not going to run into all the problems that I'm trying to help them to avoid. You know, they're not mm -hmm. going to run into the frustration and the extinction bursts and the polydexine where, people, where the horse is throwing behavior at them and all these other things that can go wrong if you're not paying attention to the details. But the challenge is if you never run into these things, which would be mm. lovely if you don't, you might become a little sloppy. So, you know, why should I always pay attention to where I'm feeding my horse or that I'm not reaching into my treat pouch ahead of the click or, you know, just even any of these little details? Why do I have to bother with all of these, with moving my feet instead of just bending over and collapsing through my rib cage to feed my horse? And so you, you may not understand the importance of these details. And so you get sloppy and you let them come into the mix. And then you're riding your horse and you're collapsing through your ribs and then you're falling off and you go, oh, that's why <laughs> Alex mm. wanted me to keep my shoulders over my hips and to train my nervous system so that that became the norm. So I wasn't training myself to fall off my horse. Oh, mm. <laughs> minor little details that that. And, and so one of the challenges of this work is that there will be things that you won't understand until you have put the layers in place. Mm. And then you will feel, oh, the snap is a tactile target. I get it. And there were things I, I, I know I put them into the writing book where I was described, oh, it was, it was work, writing, it was working on a release. And I talked about a little bit of what that means to work on a release. And I said, you know, I know right now for many of you, these are just words on the page, totally meaningless, but don't worry about it because when you come back to this section again, those words will take on meaning and you'll read the paragraphs, this, this section in a completely different way. Mm -hmm. And I know that, I know that happens. 
There, there's a there's a place in the book where you say, you know, you kind of explain the this phrase we hear a lot, not just in writing. You hear it a, a lot all over the place, but trust the process. Yes. But what I liked in the book is that you you said, you know, it's a it's it's a matter of collecting data too. Yes. Because I may ask you to do something, and in the beginning you don't really know what you're supposed to click even. Right. You don't even, you're not quite sure. And you're reading a book, right? You're not even there. So you've asked me to do this. I don't remember the example in the book, but, you know, you say. You're, you're, you're sliding down the lead or rain and you're asking for a give. Yes. A give. And, and you have nothing to compare it to. Right. What's a right. give, you yeah. know? But you Is say, it... trust the process. Yeah. Just collect the data. Yep. And the more data you collect, the more you'll be able to start comparing and you'll start to see that not all gives are the same. Right. And so all of a sudden, some of the gives will feel better to you. And you will start to understand better, yeah. you know, what you're supposed to do. So trust the process, you to collect the data. And, you know, in the end, you will, you will have an awareness that you did not have before. Yeah. This is how you become a good trainer. It's how you develop that elusive thing that's called feel. You know, who was I talking to recently who was saying, oh, in, in, in so many the ways that people talk about training, feel is this elusive thing that you're born with. If you're not born mm. with feel, well, you're just out of luck. You might as well take up knitting or something because you're just you're 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 never going to really be a true horseman or whatever that means. But feel is something that you have, that we can all learn that we can become better at discerning the nuance and seeing but the details. If if your sample size is 10 releases, not the same as if your no. sample size is 10,000 releases. Or a million releases. Mm -hmm. So that, you know, when you're first starting out and you're sliding down a lead rope and you have no idea, mm. really, or minimal idea, what you're looking for, and the horse moves his head in some big way, and you think, oh, that must be a give. I'm going to treat, I'm going <laughs> to click. Gonna click and treat it. And you repeat that and you get a sample size of 10. And of course, you're videoing yourself. Yes, of or, course, or, of course, or even if you aren't. But mm. if you've built your training beginning from that 20 treat strategy that I introduce when you're teaching the horses, the foundation lessons using the protective contact, you've built the habit of doing small sets. So you, you ask for a couple of gives and you and your horse walk off casually to a mat or around to another cone and you ask for a couple more gives. And when you have asked for 20 gives, you have a larger sample size from which to consider, oh, this one took longer. It felt heavier. He's dropping his head. He's, he's oh, that one felt really lovely. Why did it feel really light? What happens when it feels particularly soft in my hand? Well, mm -hmm. I can see that he's lifting 
up more from the base of his neck rather than leaning down and around. Hmm, I wonder if that's significant. And you just start collecting data and considering what is occurring. And it doesn't take long to do 10 gives in a row, which means it doesn't take that long to do 100. At this point, I've probably asked horses for millions of gives. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. and, and that's not saying that's a lot. It just, they accumulate over time. And so what I would consider to be a soft give doesn't have to be what you would consider to be a soft give because it's all where you are in the learning curve. And I know there are times where I've you know, said to myself, oh, based on what I'm experiencing right now, I have to completely reevaluate everything I've ever thought about what it feels like when a horse softens and releases to me because mm -hmm. I've just felt something that changes everything. Mm -hmm. And that's the fun of it. That keeps happening. The more that you explore the work, that keeps happening. And particularly when you're working with, not just with a single horse, but where you have the privilege of being able to work with a variety of horses, mm -hmm. because every horse teaches you something. Mm -hmm. Every every horse Study of one. Something. Study of one. <clears throat> but the, another important part of this, this, you know, the title, Modern Horse Training, a constructional guide to becoming your horse's best friend. I thought about just having it be a constructional guide to horse training. So I thought, you know, I wanted to get the constructional part in. Mm. That's important. Mm. But a lot of people don't know what that refers to. So that may not be that meaningful. And a lot of people are outcome oriented. They want to be able to jump. So they want a book on jumping. So is this is this a, a training book that will teach me about jumping? Is this a training book that will teach me about team penning, about trail riding, about dressage? What is this, What am I going to learn in this book? And I wasn't sure at first about the whole subtitle of a constructional guide to becoming your horse's best friend. But that really is what this book is about. And I talk about that in the beginning of the book. That's really the main reason for writing yet another training book is my goal in this book is to help you become your horse's best friend. And you know, that's the part that I like about the title. Yeah. Yeah. For me, that was the important part. Yeah. The best, but that's the kind of relationship I want with my horses. And so for me, the best friend part is really, really important. Yes. And it's true, this kind of, this way of working leads to more connection with the animal. Yes, absolutely. And that's why we have horses. You know, it really is why we have horses. You think about you know, for all of us who are horse addicted, and you probably had a shelf full of children's books that when you were little that you read, and it was that storybook connection with the horse that you were looking for. Not, can I jump a four-foot fence or win the Grand National or whatever it was. It was that relationship that we were really searching for with mm. the horses. And, and the best friend idea has been reserved to dogs a lot. Man's I best even friend. I not about that. 
You're right. Yeah, but for us, it's our horses too. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And because they live so long, Mm, it's really, you know, you can have a 20, 30 year relationship Mm -hmm. with your horse. Mm -hmm. And, And so you want it to be a good relationship. Mm. And and because we love our horses, we want to be certain that they have a good life. Mm. Yeah. And they're just there's so much training that tears horses apart. And that doesn't need to be. Mm. So having training that is kind, that really helps horses to express their personality, but in a way that we can manage, that we can be safe with, that we can be comfortable, that we can enjoy. Mm. We can be comfortable with it. We can enjoy it. We can let this, this, you know, mischievous, bold, brave, kind, whatever, you know, whatever words you use to describe your course, we can let all that be expressed and be safe. So the training needs to be kind and it needs to help horses stay comfortable, mentally comfortable, emotionally, and very much comfortable physically. Of course, people won't be surprised. Exactly. I was just going to say that throughout the book, (laughs) balance is omnipresent. Yes. And I'm, you know, of course, you know, this book really, Alex, only you could write this book, this particular book, the way it's written. I mean, there are many books on horse training, not so many on positive reinforcement, horse training, but this book with everything it has in it, only you could write this book. It's unique, you know, that you would have all the mix of everything we've been talking about for an hour. You don't find that anywhere on the market right now. This is why I'm saying it's going to be the Bible, the ultimate guide, because it has all these different parts, you know. And so the balance and the importance to keep the horse well into his old ages is how you start the book. And it's how you you start a lot of your conversations and clinics and, you know, it's it's an omnipresent theme with you. And you can see it in the book well. You can see it. You know, when I was saying before, you see it at the end. Why? Why it's so important. Yeah. You see it throughout. But, you know, even in the more performance work, you see. And you the back- see it, yeah, you see it in the. You, yes, it is throughout the book. And I would say all of my books and all of the work Mm. that I've developed has been developed not just for the horses, but by the horses. These Mm. books were written by my horses. I'm just the one who put put the words down on the page. I think what's different in this book, the difference between, because I've read your other books too, which I enjoyed a lot. I think this one is your best book. (laughs) And I'll tell you why. It's because you've taught the material so much that you have heard and seen all the the mistakes, the the things people don't understand so well, how they react, where you need to fine tune the way you're explaining it. You can feel that, you know, it's almost like 
you're in front of 40 people and you're answering all the questions of all the different people because you've done it so many times and you've heard all the reactions and all the questions you've already heard them you know how to answer them already but you remembered all these and maybe the fact that you were writing it at the same time as the online clinic where you have people of different levels asking all these questions maybe they were all really fresh in your mind yes so that you know you're really addressing all the issues that people have right you well, you you've progressed in the science since the other books yeah. it, it was pretty much well, this, already this... you know sometimes when I read the older books I'm thinking oh man she was already saying that like 20 years ago yeah I'm surprised sometimes you know when I read the older book I thought oh I thought that was newer <laughs> but but still I find the way you're saying it today is is even more coming from the science yet it's not a sciencey book it, it, it doesn't feel like that you know you it's not like you're reading a behavior analysis book right. but it's all in there in simple words simple explanation but it's very accurate it's all in there so you do raise because there is that question I know I'm going to be asked and I will be writing those emails where people say so what book should I buy you know, you've got, uh, you know, because they will be asking this, or does this mean that, you know, I don't need to buy the other books? And and it's an interesting question of where does this sit? Sit in, yeah, and know, all the, because, the rest. Because I, I've never felt that any of the newer resources takes the place of mm. or replaces any of the things that are older resources. So if we think about clicker training for your horse, Mm. which was the first book. So that was published in 1998. So this is its uh, 25th anniversary. So this is quite an anniversary year. Mm. So it's 25 years since I published that book. And so it was really the first reference in the horse world, the first book in the horse world on clicker training. And so it was filling a very real gap and a very real need. And I included a lot of stories in that book stories and I think I don't know if it's in that one or the other one there are more photos if people want more visuals yes. there are so more there, photos there than are in photos. this yeah yes and but it it a lot of how I introduced clicker training was through stories mm-hmm. but then what I found is that people would get excited but they didn't have enough training background to figure out how to go how to move forward so there were lots of people who if i if i gave them the idea of clicker training oh you are you using a marker signal you're pairing it with positive reinforcement and i gave them one or two examples of how you can use it that was all they needed to be up and running they were very much like me as soon as they got the basic concept they were off off like a rocket but then there were others who would get stuck, who would say, well, I introduced my horse to targeting, but then I didn't know what to do with it. Hmm. And so the step-by-step book, the step-by-step guide in pictures, the click that teaches. Hmm. Yeah, that's the one with all guide the pictures. pictures. That has a lot of pictures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's also... Which is nice. It's, it's also more of what I call a lesson plan. It's, it's not really a recipe, 
because training doesn't work in recipes, but it gives you an organized lesson plan. There are a hundred lessons that the book is broken down into. Every page is a lesson. So it has a small, a short written description. It has the pictures. It has why you're doing it, what it will give you, et cetera. And I move you chapter by chapter, section by section through the book. It's a very easy book to, to use because it's all color coded. It's a great book. And then mm. there's the writing book. The yeah. That teaches writing with the clicker. It's a and really that, good book too. Yes. Yeah. And that one is not a beginner book. Mm -hmm. You don't start with that one. You move into it. Mm -hmm. So once you've gone through the basics, the foundations that's in the step-by-step -step book, where you've introduced your horse to clicker training, you've developed some more repertoire on the ground, you're beginning to understand the beginnings of the rope handling and lateral flexions, et cetera, then you're ready for the writing book. And it is it is going to take you from the basics of how do I ride safely to some very advanced performance work. And it's, it's a very in-depth resource. So modern horse training, where does that sit and why do we need yet another book? And I would say that in a sense, what it does, what it's doing, is it's expanding on the step-by-step -step book. Uh, it's expanding considerably on that. So it's really showing you how to create your own study of one path. So the whole constructional approach and the structuring of the training in the way that I do that takes you from the explanations of what does constructional training mean to looking at movement cycles, looking at loopy training and the difference between cues and commands and why you would choose to, to train with positive reinforcement and what those choices take you to. And then the, the building of component parts and how you use the repertoire that you're building to develop the next layer in and the next layer in. I think it really helps to expand your training so that you really do become a trainer who, whatever you dream, you know, whatever it is that you want to do with your horse, you will, you will know how to go about teaching it mm. as you go through this book. You know, because some people may have, you know, budget duration and cannot buy everything. Right. I would say a really nice combo would be to have the book, the modern horse training book, do the online clinics yeah. and once in a while do a coaching session. I think yeah. if you do that, you're in pretty good shape. Yes. I would you know, you have you. a good combo there where it's pretty, you know, you're, you're going to know where you're going. Yes. Hmm. Yes. Very definitely. And we talked just before we were, we went off into the, you know, what's the difference between all of the books you were, when we were talking about balance and my balance and that it's throughout the book and so on. And that, and you went to the end of the book and there's the results of the balance. Mm. Well, it's also on the cover of the book. So Robin sits on the cover of this mm -hmm. book. And not only does that please me immensely that he's on the cover and in a very prominent way, he's on the cover, but 
for years, people would ask me, well, how old is Robin? Mm -hmm. And I would always say, oh, he's four going on five. Because I traveled so much that it seemed as though I was never home. And that I wasn't, I wasn't going to allow him to get older because until I'd had time to actually, you know, spend time with him. And so it just seemed like he was always four going on five. And so he's been four going on five for a very, very long time. And I finally had to admit that he was no longer four going on five. And the picture that's on the front cover of that book is a riding picture. I'm riding mm -hmm. Robin. I think he looks quite nice. He does. But what you're looking at in that picture is a horse who's 27 years old. Mm -hmm. And that really says it all. Mm -hmm. And on the inside, in the dedication, there's another picture of Robin. It's a little more recent. And there you're looking at a 28-year-old horse. And so when we talk about modern horse training and what this work is about that for me sums it up mm -hmm. you know there, there are many other people who have worked with their horses in such a way that their horses are also sound and working into their late 20s and even some very lucky people whose horses remain sound into their 30s and so it's it's not unique that robin is still a riding horse, but it's it's not that common either that horses reach that age and they are still sound. And but that's even what this if your work horse, is about. Even if your horse is not, you know, as good as he would be, maybe if you had done this work since he was little, but you I think it's still, him. yeah, you can still help your horse if you yes. put this into practice, even yes. if he's an older arthritic horse, I think there's still value. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We have horse after horse after horse where we see this, that horses who, who have physical issues, that this work really helps them to be more comfortable. And uh, well, we, with older people, yes. we say that too, stay mobile and, you know, do exercises in ways that are, it was interesting in the I don't want to do coaching sessions too much today. Oh, you but, can. That's yeah. Fine. Well, just a little parenthesis. We're, we're... It, was, it, it was really interesting in the last coaching session because someone was was doing a super job with her horse. I don't remember exactly. I think she was maybe working on multiple horse mats, but she has a mini. Oh, and yes. Anita was there. Anita. Anita was, Snay. Yes. Snay was with us. Who's our Christ practitioner. Exactly. And just as a little like, at the end of the the conversation on her video, she just, because it's hard huh, when you're always feeding bent down to feed a mini horse. And she, and there was a, you had stopped the video. So there was a still photo of her while she was feeding the horse. And Anita just suggested that she do something her, with her neck because the line was broken there. Everything was good, you know, the alignment yeah. of her, the whole body was super good, but there was kind of a broken line at the neck. And and she said, you know, over time, you may find that your neck will, it may be a stress, a strain on your neck. And so if you're aware of that and you start to 
work on the line a little bit, it could help you continue this longer without any stress. I thought it was an interesting little, you know, it was just kind of offering the advice as as we were going. But uh, yeah, so it's true for us. And it's certainly true for our horses, even in their older ages, that the mobility and how we move makes a difference. Everything truly is everything else. And the the awareness of balance is important. You know, that whenever you begin to work with your horse, whether that's as a young horse, where your goal is to really help that horse to stay sound as best you can, you know, and, and life can happen. Horses can have accidents. They can take the proverbial bad step out in the field and they, you know, even when you're not there, yeah. Yeah. Or they can have, there. you know, laminitis or... Yes. You know, you know, so things, you, things can completely derail you. That's, you know, just part of the sad reality of things. But the more we train with the awareness, you know, just simple things. I and mean, one of the things that I just so always am tickled by is when you start paying attention to the food delivery so that you are feeding so the horse is coming up and lifting up in his balance, how much that transforms horses. And that you can take, who was, I was chatting with somebody else the other day and she was talking about this horse who who's one of those Iberic horses with a very, very huge neck. And the way that he's been trained, they've never helped him to shift his weight off of his front end. And his mm-hmm. front end is now crippled up because he's had too much pounding, mm. too much weight coming down on those front joints. So these things matter. They matter. And what that picture of Robin on the front cover, you know, it's it's really a confirmation of the validity of the concepts that that I'm writing about. And you know, he's And he's your best friend. And he's my best friend. That's right. <laughs> My my very demanding, my very pampered best friend, which is as it should be. Mm. So so I I am really really excited to be sharing the book. I hope people enjoy it. the The title again is Modern Horse Training. It will be available after April twenty sixth, twenty twenty three. So oh, that's something else. Just as a huge favor from everyone, it would be just enormously wonderful if people would absolutely if you buy the book that that's enormously appreciated but also if you would leave reviews online because that helps it helps people to find the book it helps the algorithms to move the book up in the rankings Um, if you'll share online let your friends know that this book is available because Dominique as you say you think it's you know you that it's going to be a really, really valuable, useful training book. But it's only a useful training book if people can find it. So mm. I really, really appreciate it when people leave reviews and when people like, they they see share. a post, if they share it, all of that, hugely, hugely appreciated. So the publication date is, uh, is upon us. So I truly hope people enjoy the book and, and do let me know. You know, I'm always just an email away, and it's wonderful to hear when people say, oh, really like the book. I mean, that's very reinforcing. 
So, so one last question before we go. Yeah. What are you going to do with that blog once you know the modern training section of the blog? What? What? So once you've explained why you do the book, why you did the book, and all that, what's what's next? Are you going to keep writing in it? Well, I stopped adding to the blog on a regular mm. basis because we I was the producing a podcast, <laughs> right? And or two at the certain time takes an enormous amount of time mm-hmm. to produce, so, which is another thing that I would also say to people that I really appreciate it. You know, if you send in, you know, online, if you subscribe to the podcast and like it on, write reviews. you know, write reviews and all the rest of it, because again, that helps people to find it. But the, so the podcast was Sort of taking my blog writing time, Mm-mm. and I don't know. Well, and you were writing a book and I the online clinic and making the online clinics and yeah. so on. So I don't know how much whether I will at some point I will sort of run out of steam for the blog, or okay. I'll get distracted by summer mm. is coming, and so there may be things that were projects that will come up that where I will get distracted from that. So for now is more the genesis of the book. Yes. Mm-hmm. And whether I continue to write blog posts on a regular basis, I don't know, but I may. Okay. But for sure, I'd like for us to, as we've done with the coaching session in the online clinics, I'd like for us to sometimes discuss some of the content that I yes. loved in the book because I took many notes. Oh, good. Yeah, and so it would be great to do that. Um, yeah. To yeah. discuss some of those, well, from That'll the whole fun. book. Yeah, yeah. That'll we'll be that. fun. So we will we will never run out of topics to I know. discuss. But that would be fun. I'll be looking forward to that in terms of what were some of the things that really struck your fancy and where you made notes of of you know, things to talk about later. but Because yeah. there were things that I had not heard you say that were very useful to me. And Ooh. maybe you did say those things. So now I, now I have to ask. But not to today. Ask. We won't, no, oh, but, not but today. But as a teaser. Okay, I mean, there are lots of, and maybe it's because, you know, when you're reading, because sometimes when you're hearing someone talk, everything goes fast and you right. can, and for me, especially maybe because I'm French, but when you're reading, you're reading every word at your own pace. And so there were things like that where yeah. I've known your work for a long time, but reading this book, there were new layers for me that I really, really enjoyed and that were very useful for my comprehension. Excellent. So we'll yeah. talk about that. We will talk in, about in future that podcasts. Podcasts. Yeah. yeah, I think I think it's, but that's very reinforcing for me because I think it's a, uh, it's a format that allows for that clarity to come shining through. So it works. It clearly mm-hmm. works. That's great. So we'll we'll leave it at that. We'll yeah. let people go find the book and and enjoy it. And hopefully I will hear from people that they are having a lovely time. Well, congratulations, because it was, I'm sure, a huge endeavor. I know you're a writing machine. I know <laughs> you're very good at writing. But still, I mean, it's a it's a it's very a huge it, amount of work. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot of work. So thank you for writing it, because I know it will be of great value for many people. It's it will looking, help people achieve their goals. It's, it's looking at that, you know, how the computer sends you the little weekly update of, say, how many hours you have been mm. on the computer and it will say, 
you have been, your computer time has gone up 15%. You were on the computer for 15 hours. And it's like, <laughs> oh, yes. But I was, I was being productive. Mm. I was editing the book. So it's a lot of, it is a lot of work, books are. But they, it is just really very satisfying when you have a book in your hand and you can say, yes, here it is. And when you can share it. I don't have much more to add except to say that I've waited to release this episode until the eve of the publication date, so you can go ahead and order the book. The easiest way for most of you to get it is probably through Amazon, especially if you live outside of the U.S. You can also order it through my website at theclickercenter.com, and you'll be able to order it through other booksellers as well. So enjoy the book, get it for yourself, get it for your friends, do share it, and also please leave reviews online. That's hugely, hugely reinforcing, and it does help others to find the book. So train well, and have fun with your horses. <laughs>